They asked Jesus, what shall be the sign of the end? When shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming? And he went down through Matthew 24 and he talked about wars and rumors of wars. And he talked about distress of nations with perplexity. Puzzlement, all the great thinkers, all the great educators, all the great scientists, all the great politicians, all the great uh, great men and women couldn't figure out how to resolve such complex problems that would be facing the whole world in the end time that we are facing. And he talked about earthquakes in different, many different places and the frequency of them becoming more closer and closer together. He talked about earthquakes in diverse places and the sea and the waves roaring. Tidal waves created by earthquakes. Uh, that's what happened one Easter morning in the islands of the sea and thousands were killed because of an earthquake at sea creating that tidal wave. But I believe there's a spiritual counterpart to that. Because when God talks about the Antichrist and the false prophet, they're coming out of the sea of humanity. He calls humanity a sea. And out of the sea came this beast that would become the Antichrist. Out Out of all the peoples, a particular man that Satan will inhabit and Satan will use. So the Bible said the wicked are like the troubled sea whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, unto the wicked. What's happening? This storm on top is so intense that it's affecting. The sea is not like a pond or a lake. Some of it is miles deep. And yet the storm on top is so violent that it is stirring up the dirt from the bottom of the sea. The sea and waves roaring. The wickedness will become so great that in all humanity you see this chaos that is occurring today. It's a sign of the soon coming of Jesus Christ. And what does He want us to do? He said, occupy until I come. And that doesn't mean... Well, we don't... Unless, unless, unless we pass away, we've got to stay here till he gets here, right? That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about occupying, just like Russia is trying to occupy the Ukraine. Amen. Just like when another country occupies a country, they conquer it and they take ground. We're here to conquer the devil and take ground from him. Amen. Amen. Not to give up and wring our hands, but to raise our hands and bless His name. Amen. Amen. And and do the work that He's given us to do. And that involves raising our eyes. Raising our eyes. When you see these things begin to come to pass, and they're negative events marking the end time, look up. Look up. Look up. Hallelujah. Your redemption draweth nigh. And until he comes, raise your eyes. Jesus stood on a a high place. He looked down on the city. And he saw men and women as sheep without a shepherd. Sheep without a shepherd are going to be killed by predators. They're going to die. If they don't die from a predator, 
they're going to just fall down and can't get up. That's what a cast sheep is. He falls down. He's full of wool. He hasn't been shorn yet. And he can't ride himself. And his own weight from the wool in his body is beginning to make his breathing more shallow, more shallow, more shallow. Unless the shepherd finds him and sets him on his feet, he will die without a wolf, without a bear, without a lion, and without being bitten by a snake. Even without a predator, he will die without the shepherd's care and watch care. So Jesus does what? He's the good shepherd. He leaves, not for saints, he leaves them in the safety of the confined area where he keeps them safe. He leaves the 90 and 9 that are safe and secure to go after one. And this is what I love about that. And he searches until he says, you know something, that sheep has gone out again and again and again. And I'm sick and tired of having to go out here and hunt it. So good enough for it. I'm tired. I'm going to go back. I got 99 faithful. And this one won't stay in there anyway and won't follow me like it ought to. So I'm just going to leave it out there and good enough for it. It's not a good shepherd. That's not the good shepherd. That it may be good enough for us, but mercy is not for people who deserve anything but judgment. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. It said that he searches till he finds it. Mm-hmm. He searches till he finds it. Sun going down, he's still looking. Night's coming on, he's still looking. Rainstorm is hit. Snowstorm is hit. He's out in it looking. He's searching. Oh, I, I, I lovingly call the Holy Ghost the hound of heaven. <laughs> you wouldn't be saved today if He didn't come for you. Amen. amen. <laughs> if He didn't search for you, can you amen. say amen? amen? Sheep without a shepherd will die. And it's not only a cast sheep that needs to be turned up, but it's also the predators that prey on the sheep. You know what lions do in Africa where they're raising cattle and sheep and goats? The lions know if I get too close, if I get too close, that 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 farmer, that shepherd, that owner is armed and he's going to come out and deal with me. Yeah. So they would go downwind where the wind would carry their scent yeah. to where those sheep are. Yeah. And they would urinate. And the smell of that lion, and they recognized it as a predator, and they all became nervous and upset. And what they wanted to do through fear is to cause one of them to be so upset they want to run. They want to run. I've got to get away. There's a predator near. And they jump over the enclosure out from under the watch care of the shepherd. And now they are easily praying for the enemy. Fear is coming from the enemy right now. Amen. Fear is what he wants to stymie and bring the revival that God wants to send to a stalemate. I'm afraid of what's going to happen in my family. I'm afraid. Of... Listen, if you've ever had an anxiety attack, some of you have in this room. I went through terrible, traumatizing anxiety 
God didn't take me from it. He took me through it. And so when anybody calls me, I don't have cliches to give them. Amen. I remember when I met with Brother Willie uh, because he had went through an anxiety attack and, and, and I met with him at church and, and, and I said, Willie, <laughs> I know where you are and I know what God's going to do to help you get through this because I've been where you are. You know, the Scripture said we're to comfort one another. Yes. But the same comfort wherein we are comforted of God. Amen. You say, Pastor, you're a Christian. You're full of the Holy Ghost. You should never get into that. I'm going to tell you, being a Christian and full of the Holy Ghost doesn't change the vessel's earthiness. Amen. The Bible said we have this treasure in an earthen vessel Amen. Yeah. that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. Yes. And I love Paul's inclusiveness and his candor when he said we are cast down. Why, Paul, you wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. You wrote that great Hebrews faith chapter, Hebrews 11. And you said, we? You included yourself and the apostles? He said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, of the trouble we experienced in Asia. Earthiness of the vessel, excellency of the power. Say it with me. Earthiness of the vessel. Excellency of the power. Hallelujah. I would not have. Oh, I, I love it when preachers are honest. When they don't imply that you can live in a bubble, you never experience pressure or problems or trouble. You never sense your desperate need for God because you're human and your flesh and your blood. You live in a faulty body in a fallen world. Amen. That's why bad things happen to good people. And that's why some good things happen to bad people. Can you say amen? Because this is not the world God imagined. It's not the one He created. It's what sin has tainted and sin has tarnished. Can you say amen? Everything's not going to be all good when you get saved. There's some bad stuff going to happen to good people. But God said, I can use it. My wife used to do tapestry. She don't do tapestry anymore. She do puzzles. I don't do. She had, she gets a thousand piece puzzle, a thousand piece. Can you imagine? I want one of those, you know, for four and under. I don't have the, I don't, I don't have the patience for five hundred. I don't have the. Listen, if, if it looks like it goes there and it won't fit, you know what I want to do? I want to pound it in. You get in there. They cut this thing wrong. I can't be wrong. And I don't have time to look for another piece. Look at there. That's a limb. This is a limb. It must go right here. Bing, bing, bing. Lord, give me patience and hurry. Amen. What you call it needlepoint when you when you, you take a it's like a hoop. It's a round wooden mm-hmm. thing and, yeah. and the fabric is stretched over it. And you you start weaving these different threads into it. And I come home from work and it'd be laying on the couch where she's been working on it, and what I see is multicolored strands hanging down. Mm-hmm. No reason, no rhyme. And I want to see what she's making with it, what pattern is being woven into it. And I flip it over and I see half of a house by a stream 
with, with, you know, clouds in the sky beginning to form. I see a pattern that it's not just chaos, that there's a real fabric, that there's a real pattern being woven into that fabric. You know what? On this side of heaven, God asks us to do something. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. There's no way unless I see it from another perspective that I can see anything but chaos. I see nothing but a bunch of multicolored mess. But when I flip it over, on this side of heaven, remember that great song that soothes so many people. We'll understand it better in the by and by. I'll ask the reason. He'll tell me why. Amen. But on this side of heaven, God asks something of His people. He asks that we trust Him. And it says that we know. It's not just something you say, all things work together for good. No, it says for we know. You have to trust God enough and know God well enough to know that He is able to do this in our life. Mm -hmm. Or we will get discouraged and we will get disappointed in God and discouraged in Him and discouraged in life. He's able. I I love Romans Mm 8.28. For we know. It doesn't start out God is able to do this. It starts out for we know God is able to take everything and work it together for our good to them that love Him and are the called according to His purpose. On this side of heaven and eternity, all I see is strands sometimes. But I know, I know, I know that God is taking everything and He's working something that is beautiful. The Bible says He give you beauty for ashes. Only God can do that. Amen. The oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for what most of us are having to deal with Amen. in this old world as it is and in our lives as they are yeah. in this fallen world. Amen. He'll give beauty for ashes, yes. the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And thou shalt be called. He will establish us. And thou shalt be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. If you're saved today, you're on a strong foundation. God has not just saved you. He secured you and planted you in the kingdom of God and planted the kingdom of God in you and me. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Rooted and built up in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't think for one minute that the wind is going to become so intense that it can blow you away with God at work in your life like He works. For it is God who created heaven and earth, that worketh where? In you. Both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Hallelujah. God is at work. Even though we can't see it, we can't feel it, and the devil says, why, why, why? What, what, what? And God says, trust in Me with your heart. And don't lean to your head. Don't try to figure it out. But know this. Hallelujah. That all things, if you belong to Him, all things work together 
for good to them that love the Lord and to the called according to His purpose. Oh, you want to know His purpose? Thank you for asking. It's in verse 29. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. For whom He did foreknow, He did predestine to, to be conformed to the image of His Son. And Jesus learned obedience through the things that He suffered. Not my will, but thine be done. His soul sorrowful unto death in order to obey the Father and save us. Pressure, Gethsemane. It's not a rose garden. God didn't promise a rose garden. It was an olive garden where there was an olive press. And what did Jesus, what, how did they do it? They, they dumped the olives. It's an ancient way. They dumped the olives on the flat stone with a groove cut in it. They lowered a heavier stone on top down by pulleys onto it that squashed the olives. Mm -hmm. And the oil from the olives ran down that groove and they caught it. There was an olive grove and an olive press. Gethsemane. That's where he went to pray. And you can see why he chose that place. He said, my soul was sorrowful. Unto death. And you know what the Bible said about when we're in the, under the pressure and we trust Him, He's going to work something. We're going to come through stronger than before we went through the test, stronger than when we went through the trial. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Because the moment He said, in spite of all that, His sweat became as drops of blood because of the pressure He was under. Amen. Nevertheless, not what I, if there's any other way, let the cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not what I will, but what thy will be done. Amen. Immediately, angels Amen. came. Angels Amen. came. Why? Because the treasure, God Himself in an earthen vessel, hallelujah, felt the pressure of a faulty body in a fallen world with a formidable foe called the devil. Can you say, man? And yet here's Jesus saying, I get you. I understand yeah. you. Amen. The, the devil tried to tell me, how dare you stand in a pulpit and preach on faith when you're in this condition. And I thought the word is true regardless of my condition. Amen. And if I'm having a problem applying it, that's on me. It's not on him. Amen. I came to the place I either got to question God amen, or trust God. Mm-hmm. The devil always, he's too anxious to destroy us. He pushes us too hard. He pushed me right into a deeper walk with God than I would have had if I never went through nervous exhaustion. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Because the Bible said, Think it not strange, the fiery trial that has come to try you is some strange thing has happened unto you, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted at all. No, who will not allow you to be tempted above that that you are able to bear, who will with the temptation make a way of escape so you don't have to go through it. No, who will with the temptation make a way of escape so you will be able to bear. Bear it. When God decides to take you through, He's got a plan. And that's to bring you through stronger than you would have been if He took you from. Mm -hmm. Closer to Him than you would have been if He took you from. Wow! 
That's why Paul said, I, I, it's all these things happening to me, emissary for Satan sent to buffet me in the way of my evangelism, in the way of my vision, in the way of my calling, and I've asked God twice to remove all these obstacles. And heaven is quiet, and no change has come. <laughs> and finally, when God does speak to him while he's waiting in God's presence, questioning, not understanding, God said, my strength, my grace, my grace, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is perfected in weakness. And Paul said, you know, this changes everything. Amen. This changes everything. I'm going to take pleasure. Boy, you talk about the devil losing it. I mean, literally losing it. Because the Bible said there was an emissary from Satan sent to buffet him. What an honor. Amen. One amen. Everybody else scared and said, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't want it either. But listen, there was an he was such a threat to the devil that a special emissary, a special agent, a special agent, a demon that was good at causing things to occur to bring discouragement and distraction to Paul was sent to buffet him. It never let up. It was like a hurricane wind that just kept coming in squall after squall. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. He said, but you know what? Now that I see what God is doing, yeah. amen. And he said that the power of Christ may rest upon me. One translation said, God told him, my strength shows up best in yeah. you people. Yeah. If you get close to someone who God is powerfully using and you see their humanity, their clay vessel, their clay feet, their weaknesses, amen, you'll say, I thought they were so mighty. Look, they, they, they're, they're just a person. They just, you know, they're just a person like me. Yeah. My goodness. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> He said, I'll take pleasure in necessities. I'll take pleasure in persecutions. I'll take pleasure in the pressure. Because I'm going to trust God in it. And I'm going to be made stronger in that pure faith that's not based on anything of me, but everything on Him. Amen. And that great grace, hallelujah, that sustains me when I'm under that pressure. Glory be to God. And he kept talking about that grace over and over again going forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, after you have suffered for a while, went through that trial, not being delivered from it, he will use it to do what? Establish, strengthen. Wow, those are mighty words. Establish you. Tree planted, praise God. Establish, strengthen, and settle you. When He establishes you and He strengthens you, and then He settles you, that means in the midst of the storm, peace reigns in your heart and mind. Because you know God is up to something. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And, and, it's, and He's going to cause it to come out good. The outcome will be good unless you quit trusting Him. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? But if you'll trust Him, He'll take you through. I love what He put online because He's a Star Wars guy. 
And I love when he, he showed a picture up online of the three Hebrew children with Jesus in the midst of that fire. And he's the fourth man in the fire. And I know, I know now he talks with a lisp sometimes. You know why? Because he said, the fourth be with you. Amen. And the fourth was Jesus in the fire. Can you say amen? Can you imagine? Can you imagine the three Hebrew guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which was not their Hebrew names. That was Babylonian names. They were trying to pull them into their culture, but they wouldn't worship their God. Can you say that? Hallelujah. And they threw them into that fire and they said, we're we're in the fire and we're on fire, but we're not burning in the fire. And they looked around and there was... Someone in the fire with them. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the king was looking for them to just be consumed because the guys that threw them in, it was so hot at the entrance to this big oven flame thing that the guys that put them in were burned up by the, by the heat that hit them. And there's these guys. And they're, they're, they're you can, you can he said, ah, didn't we throw three men into the fire? Number one, they're not consumed. And number two, I wish Mike was here. He's a math, math teacher. <laughs> but, but, but it doesn't take a lot of math, does it? No. Three, we threw three in, but I see four. And one of them is glowing brighter than the flames of the fire. Whose God is the true and living God? You would have never heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego if it wasn't for that fiery furnace. And that nation would have never seen who the true and living God was if they were not thrown into that furnace. The king made a decree. He said, now we're going to change everything. We're not going to worship this God that my my all of my advisors have erected. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you hear the sound of the sackbut and the psaltery, and the, when you hear the sound of all these instruments and trumpets, he said, you come and you bow down and you worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the God that can keep His people in the midst of the fiery furnace is the true and living God. Can you say that? Could it be that you're going through a trial because somebody's watching you go through it and said, listen, God must be real because that old boy is too weak. <laughs> that old gal is too unsteady on her spiritual legs. Oh, but she's coming through this thing. She hasn't given up. She hasn't given in. Hallelujah. It's a testimony. Amen. So he turns tests into testimonies. But you don't get a testimony without a test. Can you say, man? I've said it before. I'll say it again in closing today. Faith that can't be tested. Can't be trusted. You know why? It'll break down under pressure. Amen. And God says, I want to establish you. Yes. After you've suffered for a while. Yeah. Amen. After you've learned to trust in me with everything. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to establish you. I'm going to strengthen you. And I'm going to settle you. Amen. 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 <laughs> Hallelujah. 
I, I, I remember going to work and I, you know, your testimony, you never know how God's going to bring it forth. But if I immediately start preaching, people give me, you know, just like they did Dracula, you know. <laughs> they don't make the sign of the cross, they make all kinds of other noises. Anyway, but I came to, on a Monday when everybody's out partied and hung over, and I come to work on a Monday when I was bivocational for 12 years, come to work and I said, and I'm whistling a tune. And I wasn't even, I, I, don't, I don't think it was Christian, I think it was just a tune, just a happy tune. Happy tune on Monday because I'm only hung over from Sunday because of preaching and shouting and worshiping God. God. And that's a good hangover. Praise <laughs> God. Good spillover. <laughs> and, and so everybody's dragging himself in. <laughs> and I come in and I'm, I'm getting out of my street clothes into my uniform in a food processing plant, ice cream plant, orange juice and other things. And I'm getting ready to work my eight-hour shift in the afternoon. And I'm just whistling something. And it, it upset people that I was happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you walk around with a long face all day, nobody wants to care about your testimony. Mm-hmm. They, they know why. They, they're just like that. Yeah. But if they see you with hope, it's something you can't buy That's right. in this world. You can't buy it nowhere. It's not for sale in this world. But it is something that God offers every one of us and that the whole world needs today. Thank you, Father. Amen. We're not like others. We're, we're unique. <laughs> we're not like others who have no. no hope. Even when staring death in the face, we sorrow not as others who have no hope because we have the God of hope filling us with hope as we believe Him for it. Hallelujah. And this hope maketh not ashamed. Hallelujah. So I'm whistling and on the other side of the lockers, there's two aisles. I'm on this far side. There's another side full of people changing and getting ready. And somebody said, Who is that over there so happy? Is he talking about me? Because I'm just whistling in a tune instead of crying the blues. Is he talking about me? I didn't answer. But a guy on the other side that was on my shift answered for me. He said, that must be the Rev over there. He has that deep, settled peace within. He... Yeah, why is he why is he happy? Doesn't he understand how crazy this company is? Don't he understand what's going on in the world? Don't he get it? What planet is he from? What right has he to be happy on Monday? Because and someone answered it, because he has that deep settled peace within. After you've suffered for a while, he will establish you. He was, is that a positive thing? To establish you, thou shalt be called the tree of beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. What happens? You're established. Amen. Amen. You're praising God because He brought you through that. It looked like there's no hope. There's nothing left but ashes. My uncle was a captain. He was five foot two. 
And he was broad as he was tall. Well, he wasn't five foot two. <laughs> he was wide. Let's put it that way. If you go to Middlesbrough, Kentucky, where Mike has been, uh, you you can go to the uh, wherever they you know showcase. That's where a meteor had hit. It really put that valley in between the mountains in Middlesbrough, where I was born. You can go and look in the showcase, and there's the there's the hat and the uniform and the boots of my uncle, who was captain. In the fire department. And I don't know how they made him captain so short. He had to sit on a pillow to drive the fire truck. I mean, you know. But they had a saying. And they, they did it sarcastically and tongue-in-cheek. Cheek. That <laughs> in some of those places, you had to go through mountains and stuff to get to the fire way out in the country. He said, we never lost a lot. Mm. The lot that the thing was built on. A lot of things burned to the ground before they got there, but they never lost the lot that it was built on. Amen. When he establishes you, and I baptized him at at the Holy Church of God, and before he passed away, he came to Christ, and I was privileged to baptize him in water. God is so good today. God is so good today. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that thrills me when I see that. God is able to establish you, strengthen you, settle you. Praise God. And when He settles you, that deep, settled peace keeps your heart and keeps your mind. You learn how to pray and give things to God. You learn how to trust God through that trial. Amen. Be anxious for nothing. This is the craziest thing to most of us living in the world that we live in, the circumstances we live in. It actually practically says don't worry about anything. Mm-hmm. I catch myself worrying. Have you ever caught oh, yourself yeah. worrying? Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. We have to get a hold less of that mind. Yeah. <laughs> but what are we, how are we to handle it? We just go along like like we're from another planet, and we 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 don't see the reality. So someone said, "When in fear, when in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout, <laughs> panic." No, you know you know what was impressing those guys at work? It was not me quoting scripture to them all day. It was deep, settled peace. It was joy yeah. in my life. Hallelujah, because I've been with the Lord all day Sunday. And I come in Monday, I believe there's some anointing still on me from all that presence of God that I was exposed to. And I looked at things different than they looked at it. And I felt different than they did. Amen. That's what hit me so hard when I went through nervous exhaustion. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm God's man of faith and power. I've been teaching others how to stand. I know what the Bible says. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a faith man, praise God. Amen. And I need a faith lift, listen. Yes. I need a faith lift. I need, I need a face. I need a faith lift. Yes. And that's what David said. I need a faith lift because it'll give me a face lift. <laughs> so, why art thou disquieted within me? That's right. Oh. Hope. Thou in God, for yeah, He shall yet be the health of thy countenance. Amen. I always put it. Did you ever see a smiley face? Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Which way is it? If a frowning face was turned upside was turned upside down, you'd have a smile. Amen. So he said, God, I, I need you to be the health of my countenance. People read us. We're living epistles written and read. And I'm glad when they were reading me at work. They saw God at work in my life. Can you say amen? Because I could look like them. I could be down like them. But I wasn't. And it stood out to them. Because they couldn't understand why. Because my faith wasn't a burden that I carried. It was a blessing that I wanted to share. And that's why I would call you. 30 minutes after quitting time and you're wondering why is he home? Amen. And I would call Pamela and say I'm in the parking lot because three or four guys, particularly some young guys, would be standing around asking biblical questions, catching me before I could. And I didn't try to hurry and get out. I thought I'm here to witness for Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Ain't a whole lot of people coming to church, but boy, I got some here in this parking lot. Amen. <laughs> and I'm going to share the word with them. Praise the Lord. The two black guys caught me at lunch. They caught me at lunch. Oh, Lord, I did break rules. And I asked the Lord to forgive me because I couldn't I couldn't skip lunch. And I always had a peanut butter sandwich. I used to, I don't do it anymore, but I used to put it in the microwave because it's so chilly where I worked. I, I wanted something warm, so I put it in the microwave for five seconds and have a warm peanut butter sandwich and a hot cup of coffee. Yeah. I'd go in. That reflects bad and, on me. And these two young black men would come up to me but in the break room and they'd say, Rev, and they had one of those little uh, Gideon pocket New Testaments. And they expected me to read, <laughs> read that. I couldn't hardly see the book, let alone the little tiny words in it. You know, I said, I got to find my glasses. I, he said, Rev, Rev, can you, can you, how did they put it? Can, break can, it down. Can you break this down? Yeah. Can you break this scripture down? And I remember one of them in particular, might be a help to you, might not, but you know, to look upon a, a woman with lust in your heart, uh, then to, to, you've already committed adultery in your heart. They said, how? Break that down to us. We live in a world where you see things and you can't help but feel stimulated by it. Break this down to us. I said, listen, it's not looking to leer. If you go out looking to leer, that's different than seeing something that is stimulating. You have the option then to turn away, to look away. But if you look to leer, that's the reason you go out. That's what you're looking for. They were wondering, how can I live in this world and not see things that's stimulating and tempting? You can't because this world is the way that it is. But you can. As Job put it, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a maid. That means to lustily look. Amen. And, and they said, you know what they were discovering? I can overcome. I can live for God. I can do it. Even in a faulty body. Even in a fallen world. With His help and grace. And with instructions from the Word of God. Same way with fear. Fear not. Any fear, I'm failing God. No, you manage fear. Fear not means that you manage fear, not that you never experience fear. That's why David said, what time I am afraid. Mm -hmm. 
Here's how I manage it. I will trust in you. Amen. Can you say <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, let's get back to the earthen vessel and close. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. We are cast down. We're not forsaken. What did he say? I'll never leave you. Devil will tell you, if you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. If you can't run with the big dogs, stay on the porch. I don't want to run with big dogs. In fact, I don't want to trust anybody that's extraordinarily blessed unless they have a limp. <laughs> you know where I'm going? Yes. Amen. Israel. As Jacob in the days of old, I wrestled with the Lord a moment with a courage bold. I stood upon His word. Amen. God allowed him to show his commitment. <laughs> and he wrestled with that angel to daylight. And the angel let him know, I'll let you wrestle me. Just touch his hip and threw it out of joint. <laughs> he said, you have prevailed. The blessing of the Lord. <laughs> You've obtained favor with God. The blessing of the Lord is on you. But he walked away from that encounter and with that blessing, with a humble heart. Here he comes, one of the most blessed men in town. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why has he got a limp? Amen. Because he didn't do it in himself. God let him do that. Hallelujah. I, I heard a preacher say that. I never forgot it. Never trust a highly blessed man if he doesn't have a limp. If he hasn't been through something, yeah. Amen. To keep Son. him humble and dependent on God. If he's not walking in pride and self-sufficiency, can you say yeah. amen? Does that make sense to you today? Yeah. Is it alright to have a limp yeah. under the blessing of the Lord if it brings him glory? Amen. Yeah. amen. Hallelujah. So what is our weaknesses today? It's common. No temptation is taken. You no trial has come, but such is common to man. In his flesh falling and did. We're cast down. We're not forsaken. Persecuted. (laughs) And this is not this is coming, yes, but not destroyed. And that word persecuted has to do with the devil's designs to hurt you and harm you. Persecuted means to be chased as a deer. Someone stalking a deer, trying to find it so he can destroy it and kill it. Persecuted. Satan has designs. He goeth about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist. Steadfast in the faith. Amen. Persecuted, but not destroyed. Hallelujah. Perplexed. You don't have all the answers. You can't figure it all out. But you're not in despair. I don't have to have all the answers. God has the answer and He asked me to trust in Him with all my heart and not to lean to my understanding anywho. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Are you feeling a little better about sometimes being battered by life and circumstances? Hallelujah. I preached in Polk City right after God pulled me through uh, 
you know, nervous exhaustion. I was able to get get myself together. I never missed a sermon. But you didn't know what I was going through when I got home. She knows what I was going through. I used to go out to the garage when it was a garage, put a phone by me, get down on my knees and cry out to God because I didn't want to trouble my family because I felt like that my breath was leaving me. Heart was pounding in the wee hours and I was ready to call 911 if I needed to. Not afraid to do that, but God took me through instead of immediately taking me from. Mm. Amen. And right now, I understand anxiety. I understand fear. I understand the devil's tactics. And I understand how God can take His intentions for evil. And after you have suffered through something for a while, He will establish, strengthen, settle you. Glory be to God. When they recognize, and somebody else gave my testimony. It's got that deep, settled peace within. Praise God. I fight for that peace. It's not something I take for granted. I find myself worrying. I say, whoa, wait a minute. Hallelujah. Amen. Soul, why art thou disquieted within me? Praise God. Amen. Let's go back up and have one song in closing.